0: Chapter six Jesus Christ Eternal Wisdom. Where else, besides Holy Scripture and the Acts of the Magisterium of the Church, can we find that most consoling and encouraging affirmation of the divinity of our Lord, of his life and his love for us? In the liturgy. For the whole liturgy sings to us of our Lord Jesus Christ. It sings of the love of God for us by every means and modality. It is for this very reason that, because the divinity of our Lord is sung in the liturgy, because his royalty is manifested there at every instant by word, action, and adoration, that the liturgy must now disappear. For the enemies of our Lord no longer wish to hear his royalty spoken of publicly in society. Instead, the liturgy has become the public act of praise rendered to humanity, to man himself. The public homage given to the royalty of our Lord and to his divinity has become intolerable to them. Since we are now being told that the Muslims and the Jews adore the same God as we Catholics, it is not without interest to be acquainted with a passage from a book titled Portrait of a Jew published in 1962 by Albert Mamie, a Jew of Tunisian origin who, after being expelled from Tunisia, settled in France. Are the Christians really aware of what the name of Jesus, their God, means to a Jew? For a Jew who has not ceased to believe and practice his own religion, Christianity is the greatest theological and metaphysical usurpation of history. It is a blasphemy, a spiritual scandal, and an act of subversion. For all Jews, even atheists, the name of Jesus is the symbol of a threat a heavy menace that has been hanging over their heads for centuries and which is always threatening to explode into catastrophe without their knowing why or how to parry. This name is part of an absurd, delirious accusation which, despite being groundless, nevertheless, is of such an efficacious cruelty that it makes their life in society nearly unbearable. This name has come to be one of the signs, one of the names of the immense system that surrounds, condemns, and excludes them. May my Christian friends pardon me. So that they can better understand me, and to adopt their own language, I will say that, for the Jews, their God is a bit like the devil, if the devil, as they claim, is the symbol and the essence of evil on earth iniquitous and all-powerful, incomprehensible and resolved to crush the hapless humans. This is what Aju thinks of our Lord Jesus Christ. One must not delude oneself. We are faced with people who bear the hatred of Jesus in their hearts. And if the adversaries of our Lord Jesus Christ feel real hatred for him, a diabolical hatred, We Christians, on the contrary, should actively desire that he become the center of our thoughts, our affections, our souls, and all our activity. St. Louis Grignon de Montfort utilized a language both simple and profound to express this thought in The Love of Eternal Wisdom. Is it possible for man to love that which he does not know? Can he love ardently that which he knows but imperfectly? Why then is the adorable Jesus, eternal and incarnate wisdom, loved so little? Because he is not known, or known but little. Very few of us, like Saint Paul, make a sincere study of the supereminent science of Jesus, which is nevertheless the most noble, the most consoling, the most useful, and the most necessary of all sciences in heaven and on earth. He continues, St. John Chrysostom tells us that our Lord is a summary of all the works of God, an epitome of all God's perfections and of all the perfections of his creatures in these words. Jesus Christ, eternal wisdom, is all that you can and should wish for. Long for him, seek him. He is the most precious pearl you should wish to acquire even at the cost of selling all that you possess. Nothing is more consoling than to know divine wisdom. Blessed are they who listen to him. More blessed still they who long for him and seek after him. Blessed above all are they who teach his ways, who experience within their hearts the intimate sweetness of him who is at once the joy and happiness of the Eternal Father and the glory of the angels. This knowledge of eternal wisdom is not only the most noble and consoling, it is also the most useful and the most necessary, because, quote, Eternal life is to know God and his Son, Jesus Christ. John 17, 3 If we really wish to obtain life everlasting, let us acquire knowledge of divine wisdom. Then St. Louis de Montfort summarizes in a few words these sentences, which are already to be found in the writings of the Fathers of the Church. To know Jesus Christ, eternal wisdom, is to know enough. To know everything and not to know him is to know nothing. Who knows Christ knows enough, even if he knows nothing else. Who does not know Christ knows nothing, even if he knows everything else. We should often repeat and meditate on these words. Those who have never studied who and what our Lord is, The wise men of this world who scarcely know him find this assertion very difficult to admit. They cannot understand because they do not have the faith. It is faith which teaches us that everything is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is everything in our Lord Jesus Christ? Because our Lord is God and everything is in God. The reply is simple and accessible, even if it seems difficult to some to admit that this man was God. St. Louis de Montfort continues, What does it avail an archer to know how to hit the outer parts of the target, if he does not know how to hit the center? What will it avail us to know all other sciences necessary for salvation, if we do not know the only essential one? The centre to which all others must converge, Jesus Christ. St. Paul, as sure of himself as he was, and so well versed in classical letters, none the less said, For I judged not myself to know anything among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2. 2. This is the resume of our faith, and what deeply interests men despite what one may think or say about it. Even though our civilization is becoming less and less Christian, most of us still live in social circles accustomed to these Christian truths. Yet, we are no longer adequately aware of what our Lord Jesus Christ gave to our society and our families. We find it natural. Of course, we are disappointed to see that little by little, Holiness is disappearing from home and hearth, and Catholic order from public life. To really measure all that our Lord brought to our society, perhaps it is necessary to have been in contact with pagan peoples. Of the thirteen years I was in Gabon, seven of them were spent in the bush. I had therefore the opportunity to speak to these pagans in their own language and to teach them the gospel and thereby enable them to discover our Lord Jesus Christ and approach him. It is impossible to imagine the impact made upon these absolutely uncultivated souls, knowing neither how to read nor write, when one spoke to them about our Lord Jesus Christ and about the cross of our Lord. It is just what St. Paul said. It was what they needed and were waiting for. Similarly, while visiting the oases in the Sahara, I had contacts with Muslim peoples. I went into the schools of the Holy Ghost fathers and sisters. What interested the children? It was hearing about religion, about our Lord Jesus Christ. As soon as one turned to other subjects, their minds wandered. As long as one spoke to them about religion... Their little eyes opened wide, and they were attentive. This might at first glance seem surprising, and yet, it is not at all. Rather, it is very natural. Our Lord is their God, their creator, and it is impossible for there not to be an affinity between the one who created and redeemed them and themselves, between their creator and their souls. And consequently, the simple fact of speaking of our Lord to these souls captivated them. About 15 years before the council, progressive catechisms were drawn up under the pretext that one must not teach the truths of the faith to children because they cannot understand them, that one must first teach them natural truths, prove to them the existence of God, and then very gently lead them to religious truth. Only when they have understood about the existence of God might one begin to speak to them about Revelation and Jesus Christ. What an aberration! Utter madness! For one forgets that our Lord Jesus Christ is also the Creator. On the contrary, nothing is more likely to transform souls, even those of children, than to speak to them about our Lord Jesus Christ and to recount his life. It is a very grave error to believe that it is necessary to wait to speak to children about our Lord Jesus Christ until they know the truths of natural religion. There are also those who affirm, and this occurs frequently, that in the missions, the missionaries should not preach religion to the infidels until they have given them a minimal standard of living. Of what use is it, they argue, to preach the gospel to people who live in a completely deficient social and even physical environment? But this reasoning is absurd and, let us add, truly almost diabolical, because it means depriving these people and these children of that which is most precious and beautiful for them and which they are quite capable of receiving. Ultimately, it means depriving them of the very thing they are most capable of adapting themselves to, even more rapidly and more easily, perhaps, than can those persons who are well endowed and live comfortably. In her admirable Magnificat, the Blessed Virgin Mary says, e in plebit Bonis et de de et Luke 1.53 he hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. So they would like to make these poor people who are already and able to receive the truth of our Lord rich according to the world's standard, and deprive them of what brings true happiness, for it is not from riches that truly happy life springs. When teaching them the gospel and the faith, one could see these tribes become Christian, become transformed. One could almost tell by reading their faces which were Christian and which were not. The faces of the Christians were serene, radiating peace, while the others were often contracted by fear, subject to a kind of perpetual dread of the spirits surrounding them, always ready to do them evil. Their faces did not reflect happiness. The face of the Christian who is delivered from these pagan beliefs and who places his hope in God, who rests in God, is relaxed, cheerful, and peaceful. These few reflections are brought forth to refute the false principles according to which one would refrain from giving our Lord Jesus Christ to those who seek Him, need Him, and are waiting for Him. It is not charitable to say that First of all, it is necessary to give these poor peoples a more humane standard of living, after which one will preach to them the gospel. True charity consists in giving them straight away what is essential. That is the foundation of their joy, their happiness, and their interior transformation. It is false to affirm that To preach the gospel is simply to incite people to endure patiently insults and trials without giving them joy, without trying to diminish injustices. It is by preaching our Lord Jesus Christ that injustices will disappear. To the degree that people believe in our Lord Jesus Christ and are subject to him, and hence to his law of love, they will acquire the concern to practice charity and to give everyone his due. The immediate consequence will be that humane relationships and justice will be reestablished. This is the only way, there is no other, for our Lord is the source of all good. It is not by class struggle that justice can be re-established, but by preaching the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no greater service one can render to souls in order to lead them to their salvation. There is no greater source of social and civic well-being or of familial integrity than our Lord Jesus Christ. Good Christians found good Christian families who know how to bear their trials and give mutual support. By maintaining a Christian home, they obey the law of God. Nowadays, they seek means and methods for increasing the standard of living, and only this counts. But when all is said and done, one still notices that the same injustices continue, more or less, because they have repudiated the law of our Lord Jesus Christ. Big financial scandals and injustices erupt because people have lost the notions of charity and of justice. Let us not listen to these false prophets who would keep us from speaking of our Lord and oblige us to find another means to please men and save them. All that is false. Taking inspiration from the epistle of St. Paul to the Philippians, St. Louis de Montfort expresses his choice. I now see and appreciate that this knowledge is so excellent so delightful, so profitable, and so admirable that I take no account of all that pleased me before. All else is void of meaning, absurd, and a waste of time. Commenting on another passage of St. Paul, Colossians 2, 4-8, St. Louis de Montfort continues, I say to you that Jesus Christ is the abyss of all knowledge, that you may neither be deceived by the specious or high-sounding words of orators, nor by the deceptive subtleties of philosophers. Quote, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter 3.18 In this work, The Love of Eternal Wisdom, in speaking of the word incarnate, who is eternal wisdom, he tells us how to approach him, know and imitate him. The shortest way to arrive at the goal is the Blessed Virgin Mary, for she is the way that leads us to perfection. Such was the spirituality of St. Louis de Montfort. His first devotion was directed to eternal wisdom to our Lord Jesus Christ, as he wrote, Christ is our doctrine. It is he who teaches us. Christ is our Master, It is from him that we learn. Christ is our school. In him we learn. Because Christ is the one and only messenger, the light on all questions, he has the key to all human problems. Our world must relearn to know the one to whom it owes all that it is. It is necessary to speak to it of our Lord Jesus Christ over and over without tiring. If the world knows him in his doctrine and his works, it will rediscover in him the Lord and Master whom false guides and unworthy pastors have made it forget. And so helped to return to the source of all goods, it will find once again the way, the truth, and the life.